If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream it, download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates, the only Batman podcast that is recorded in front of a live studio audience comprised entirely of cats. My name is Becca, and you would not believe your eyes if 10 million The Fireflies lit up the world. My name is Josh, and uh, I haven't received Batman Adventures number 12 yet. Uh, maybe it was returned. You, you should like check your mailbox. Uh, sometimes they'll return it if it doesn't have the apartment address on it, like the apartment number. If it, it just goes like straight to our package room and they'll send it back. Mm. Did you check the package room like I told you to? Oh, no. Okay, you gotta do that. I think I have some other stuff down there too. Oh, okay. I'm waiting on contacts. <laughs> uh, so this is a Batman podcast where we make some jokes, we talk about Silver Age comics, and we're engaged. So that's fun. That's a fun thing to know about us. Yeah. Still, after after all these years, <laughs> after all these millennia. I don't think we've been together that long. No, not yet. <laughs> Soon. Uh, so today we are talking about Firefly, but not that one. You'll see. <laughs> um, the Batman villain Firefly. We're going to be going over Batman number 126. So if you want to... Pull that or go out and buy it from your local comic shop. Mm-hmm. I don't sh- know if you can find Silver Age comics in like long boxes. Can you? Uh, you can find them. You might not be able to find the one that you want. No, probably not. <laughs> that actually does tie into my little news story that I was going to tell you about today. Oh, okay. Uh, so recently uh, there was a sale of Detective Comics 27, of which there are only 70 existing copies in the world. Do you want to guess how much it sold for? So Detective Comics number 27 is... That is the first appearance of Batman. Yes, first appearance of Batman. It is an original printing, original copy, one of 70 in the entire world. How much do you think it sold for? 1.3 mil. No, you actually, you're highballed it by, by quite a bit. Really? Yeah, $850,000 for okay. this copy. I wasn't off by that much. Yeah. I... It's the second highest price that that comic has ever sold for. Oh. Um, the highest price was actually closer to what you guessed, uh, $1,075,500, and that was in 2010. Um, and before you ask, it wasn't because it like depreciated in value. Was it that in it better was sold condition? Yeah. The copy that just sold was rated like a 6.0 on whatever scale they okay. have. I don't know if it's out of 10 or whatever. But, uh, yeah, it was a slightly lower value. Um, now, the record for... Most uh, expensive comic? Most expensive comic ever sold. Do you want to guess both comic and price? Okay. Uh, is it Detective Comics number one, the Superman? Action Comics number one. Action Comics number one. Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then price? Mm-hmm. Uh, two and a half? One and a half. One and a half. One and a half million dollars Jeez. for Action Comics number one. Wow. So, I think... I think Detective Comics will beat it someday. Yeah. Controversial opinion. Uh, Batman is better than Superman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fight anybody on that. Is there less Action Comics number ones out there? That's a good question. Probably. Okay. I would guess. And I don't know. I think Superman the world over is probably just a more popular character. He plays more. More well known. Yeah. Plays more into like the American mythos. And yeah. And just how much we aspire to be him. As our beautiful, great nation. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's the only news that I had was about the sale of Detective Comics 27 going for $850,000. Wow. Which is nice. You could, nice. Buy, you could buy, like, a high-end uh, exotic car with that kind of money. You could buy a thousand copies of uh, of Batman Adventures number 12 <laughs> with that amount of money. If a thousand copies do exist. I don't which, know. It's seemingly hanging on the wall of every single comic book shop that we ever walk into. So oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, probably. People are just hoarding it. Uh, cool. So we're going to do things a little bit differently for reasons that will become apparent later. We're actually going to get into a new segment. Um, and then we're going to go over the comic and then we're going to do the Rogue Roundup. So, uh, yeah, you want to... Yeah, the new segment is Bat Family Matters. <laughs> so, this is going to be things about the Bat Family. Um, and we're going to go over Batwoman because I believe that this is the first comic that we're covering 
where uh, Batwoman actually appears. Yeah, it is. I mean, we've seen her in some of the other comics that we've looked at, but we just haven't read the stories that have included her. Yeah. Um, so uh, Batwoman was introduced in 1956. She is the first Batman family member, and they chose a woman and a love interest of Batman specifically to offset the homosexual accusations that were uh, leveled at the Batman comics in 1956. Mm -hmm. So you say first Bat family member, that doesn't include Robin. Yeah, not including Robin, because Robin had already been a part of the comics before that. Mm -hmm. Um, Since the Superman family formula worked so well, editor Jack Schiff suggested to Bob Kane that they start adding Batman family members in order to expand it and have more... Uh, comics and characters to to build off of. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't last super long. She only was in the comics regularly for eight years. She was removed from the comics. Well, removed. She she did have a couple appearances after this, but she was removed in 1964 when a new editor took over and uh, wanted to switch the direction that the comics were headed in. Mm-hmm. And when she was removed, that's when Barbara Gordon was introduced. Ah, Batgirl. And she, even though Batwoman during her run was popular, Batgirl became more popular than Batwoman was, ever was. So the fact that they just like kind of traded off one for the other means we were denied any sort of like Batman Bechdel test ever being passed where (laughs) Batwoman and Batgirl have any kind of conversation with each other. Yeah, I mean, they do, again, like I said, she does show up later on, but not very often. I think she showed up again in the, in like the mid seventies or Mm -hmm. something. And she shows up in alternate timelines and alternate universes later on. Um, this one, it, it also is worth noting, is named Kathy Kane, which is different than the modern Batwoman who first appeared in 2006, who is Kate Kane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this Batwoman was specifically created to be a love interest for Batman, um, whereas... Kate Kane, Modern Comics, is a lesbian mm-hmm. and also Jewish, I believe. She is. Yeah. Love Kate Kane. Um, that's pretty much all I have in my notes here. I did read her like introductory comic and a couple of her later comics that came before this one. So mm-hmm. I had sort of a, a background of history. Because surprisingly, her like Wikipedia page isn't doesn't fill you in on who she is or what what her background is. So, would you like to hear that? Well, I actually have a quick question. Okay. Yes, I do. Was she ever in the 66 TV show? Batwoman? No, she yeah. wasn't. It was just Batgirl? It, yeah, it was Batgirl. Mm, okay, weird. Um, yeah, tell me tell me more. Okay. So, um, she was a circus performer, and she inherited a large sum of money from her uncle. Mm-hmm. And well, I guess while she was a circus performer, she wanted to fight crime like Batman, and when she inherited a lot of money from her uncle, she was like, now I can be a, a, a Batman-type person. I can go and fight crime. I can build myself my own Batcave. So she does that. She starts fighting crime. Batman tells her to stop. And she tells Batman that she's going to reveal his identity if he like tries to find out what her identity is Mm. um and he's like i don't know how is that possible this is on the the first comic um and they eventually do figure it out because they're fighting villains and she says something that tips him off to the fact that she used to be a circus performer so they like it wasn't anything like i'm gonna beat these villains or my name isn't kathy kane no 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 (laughs) No, they, they, she tips them off that she used to be a circus performer. She uses like circus performer lingo. Yeah. And then they compare Carney it. lingo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She calls somebody a jobber. <laughs> <laughs> so she's working the villain. They, they like compare it to the, I guess, bat computer microfilm or whatever. They compare it to their records and they find out like, you know, who, who used to be a acrobat and can ride a motorcycle. Cause that's another thing she does. 
and also would like have enough money and it just narrows it down to her mm-hmm. so they find out who she is they go to her cave and they're like you have to stop you're you're if we could figure out who you were if the villains can figure out who who you are well yes the villains who also have giant supercomputers <laughs> will definitely be able to figure it out and it's dangerous work for a woman Ugh. you know all that sort of regressive stuff they mm-hmm. go over i can't believe a woman saved us type deal happens in that first comic mm-hmm but also when they confront her, she says, oh, I had my portrait that's hanging on the wall of her back cave has x-ray vision and can like weigh people and stuff. So she's like, I know who you are because I took it all. But then she gets like super remorseful about it. She's like, you're right. The villains will figure out who I am. I should stop fighting crime. And I would never reveal your secret, Batman. So she's like, here's the tapes of, of like all the stuff that I learned and I won't even look at them. You can, you can take them. So I won't know who you are. The world's worst detective, <laughs> Katie Kane, Catherine Kane. Uh, yeah, and then they, they, like, get back to the Batcave, and Robin, Robin's like, oh, did you know about that? And Batman's like, yeah, I wiped the tapes before we even stepped in. Oh, God. I, like, used a magnet or something to overwrite them. Batman's so, rigging the system all the time. It was, it was never even an issue, even if she would have kept the tapes. Because he had recognized that the portrait, uh, was, looked different. Like, the eyes were scanning him or something. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the 60s, so I'm sure it didn't do it subtly. It was probably like glowing bright red and making like a like a noise like a printer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or a dial-up so, modem. So at the end of that comic, she's like, I'm swearing off crime fighting forever. Mm-hmm. So I got curious. I was like, so what does she do from there? Because she says she's swearing off crime forever. And then the next comic that she appears in, she's like, I really miss being Batwoman. And she's like, I know a way I can be Batwoman still. I'll go to a party dressed up as Batwoman, as, as like a masquerade party or whatever. And on her way to the party, she like comes across Batman and Robin uh, and like helps helps them out. And there's something where a guy got knocked out and he was wearing a Batman costume, but he gets amnesia. So she thinks that he's Batman and he doesn't know that he's not Batman because he has amnesia. Okay. It's wild. This is like peak Silver Age stuff. Okay. Maybe we'll read that one another time. <laughs> uh, but she she like swears off crime fighting again at the end of that comic. And then the next comic that she appears in after that, she gains Superman powers. I didn't read it like all the way through. I sort of skimmed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but she gets Superman-like powers, and then uh, she, at the end of that comic, she's like, okay, I should stop, because her powers fade away. She's like, I should stop fighting crime again. And Batman's like, no, you have a lot of courage. You shouldn't stop your fine crime-fighting career. Mm-hmm. So he, like, changes his mind about whether or not she should be fighting crime. All right. I just think it's weird that he's like, hey, listen, I figured all this stuff out about you. And it's just lucky for him that there's like, you know, 20 to 50 billionaires who live in the Gotham (laughs) metropolitan area who also are built like tanks and have a grudge against crime. It's just really lucky for him that that's the case. So like no one will ever guess who he is (laughs) and no one ever has. Um, cool. Good stuff. Thanks for giving us a little primer on uh, Kathy Kane. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I hope it was enough. It was great. Well, so that gives us a little context to like how she behaves in this. And actually, her trying to guess Batman's identity does play into this comic too. So I'm glad oh, we brought that up. Yeah, that was something. So I, w- I was thought I might wait to mention it when we were reading the comic. But she does that in all of her like appearances basically is Mm. she kind of like it's like oh i wonder who batman actually is yeah and she a lot of the time says that she's figured out exactly who it is and it ends up being somebody else oh so it's like a recurring thing it's a recurring thing it's a joke yeah it's a running joke because in the one where she gains superpowers she like gains x-ray vision and she she goes to what she thinks is the bat cave and it's like some other millionaire's house that Superman has hollowed out his own Batcave. Okay. <laughs> it's so wild. Again, this is like peak Silver Age stuff. Cool. Well, let's get into the Silver Age comic then. Uh, so this is Batman 126, written by Bill Finger, uh, penciler Sheldon Moldoff, inker Charles Paris, letterer Stan Starkman, and uh, the executive editor of this comic was Jack Schiff. Can we call him an inventor of Batwoman? Is he the... 
Uh, well, it was, I think it was Bob Kane who yeah. came up with Batwoman. But it was Jack Schiff's idea. Yeah. Like, let's get a lady on in there. Let, let's, let's do a Superman family type thing. Mm-hmm. You know how, like, Superman has Lois Lane and, yeah. and, um, uh, shoot, I'm blanking on the name. Uh, the, the, Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy Olsen, yeah. yes. Yeah. Was this, was this, uh, when, like, Captain Marvel was a thing, too, with, like, Mary Marvel and, like, Uncle Marvel. I think it was, yeah. I think okay. that was all around this era. Yeah. Although that stuff might have been a little earlier, too, because I thought he was in Silver Age. Yeah, I think you're right. We're not a Captain Marvel or a Shazam podcast. podcast. No, we're not. Uh, cool. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, so Batman 126. Uh, it's interesting. It certainly so is. It opens with Batman and Robin um, appreciating some golden nuggets at a party of uh, this millionaire, billionaire, some rich guy named Ted Carson. Yeah. He also has a mansion and he has golden nuggets on display. Um, before we even go even further, I, I think we should say this is the second appearance of Firefly? No. No? No. Well, uh, we'll get into it. What do you mean? Okay, yes, it's the second appearance of Firefly. Of but a person named Firefly. How- in the same way that we had multiple clay faces. However, these are not on the same earth. Oh, okay. And I'll get into that later. Okay, okay. Yes. I think I read a little bit about this too, where they, yeah. they start talking about like where the timeline split actually happens, and uh, DC Comics is wild. We'll, we'll get into it. So this is the first appearance of this Firefly. Um, mm. So they're at this party. And only appearance of this Firefly. First and only appearance of this Firefly, yes. So they're at Ted Carson's house appreciating his golden nuggets, um, and Batman mentions, well, Bruce Wayne mentions that uh, Catherine Kane, Kathy Kane is going to be joining them at this party, and he's a little frustrated with her because, like, they're having this whole will-they-won't-they they thing, but at night she's Batwoman, and Dick is like... Kind of, I don't know how quietly they speak to each other at these parties full of people, but he's just like, yeah, and doesn't it suck that also she's Batwoman and you're Batman? (laughs) And I just want to be like, Dick, shush. Those are secret identities. (laughs) Please. Um, So uh, I also noticed Batwoman has that same like Catwoman problem where... Uh, she's more in love with Batman than she is is with Bruce Bruce Wayne. Wayne. But Bruce really like wants her to date him in the daytime yeah and also what i didn't realize at this point was that she didn't yet know who his identity um and also catwoman doesn't so yeah yeah here's my question would you rather date batman or bruce wayne uh batman obviously yeah you could only date him at night and he would never take his mask off he's dark and mysterious Mm -hmm. that's why the women like him the women don't want to date bruce wayne because bruce wayne i do is a facade of like this playboy yeah but he's pretty openly like not faithful because he's always going to on dates with different supermodels is his wallet faithful (laughs) does the check clear after every date then yeah, I want to date Bruce Wayne. We're gonna have more conversations about checks later on. Yeah. <laughs> Will we? Yes. Um, you know, no, I'd rather date Bruce Wayne. I don't care if he's emotionally unavailable or has this facade, and I'll never get to know the real him. Really? Uh, I want to go to gala openings, <laughs> and I want to ride in Maseratis. I want to date Bruce Wayne. I'd rather date Bruce Wayne than Batman. Yeah, but you know that you. I can't. I can't. I can't have every kiss be on top of a skyscraper. That just it. That isn't it for me. Yeah, but you know that he's not going to be available for like free time together. He's he he's going to be too busy fighting crime to actually sit down and like watch a movie with you or something because the bat phone is going to ring. Or well, that's just what that comes territory with dating any like CEO, because of course, like the the excuse he's gonna make is like, oh yeah, I'm running the the corporation, and like yeah, of course he is. He runs the city. <laughs> I would think the same thing if I was dating like the guy who runs Comcast, John Roberts, <laughs> who I assume is also a Playboy billionaire. <laughs> he's got a very loving wife. I'm sure he does. But if I was dating him. <laughs> I would assume he wouldn't. He also would not have time. Oh, okay. So there you go. Okay. If, if you, in case you you don't know, John Roberts do runs anything, like though. all of Philadelphia, pretty much. Yeah, but like 
that Bruce Wayne doesn't actually do anything though. He's just like head of the board or whatever. He doesn't have a real job. Well, he you know what? I'd believe him if he was like, "Oh, sorry, I got to go meet Lucius Fox, new Wayne Tech, going to build a new subway." And I'd be like, "Mm, go. Awesome. I'll stay here in your mansion." <laughs> I'll stay here in your giant mansion. Yeah. It would be if this was like a like a Brave and the Bold type animated series, he mm-hmm. would he would make that excuse. I would stay there on the couch with popcorn and then uh, the camera would stay on me and then you would see him tiptoeing behind the couch like <laughs> half in his Batman costume about, and then like silently like sneaking down the like fire pole into the Batcave. <laughs> uh, anyway, I digress. We should probably get, move on to the second panel of this comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> All right. Oh, I did... Uh, before we move on there though, yeah. I, I, I did want to say is this your least favorite trope again? Like rich person just has their... Well, he at least had it behind a glass case. They weren't just sitting out on the table. Okay, okay. So I, I almost said that. These golden nuggets are at least slightly protected. Yeah. Okay. And there's like there's so many people. And I would assume that at night he has, you know, burglar alarms or whatever. Okay. And also he explains later why they're prominently displayed and I liked it. Um so we'll we'll talk about that. Um but Firefly shows up and he says he's taking your nugs. He's yeah. taking those golden nuggets. I want those golden nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, Batman and Robin, uh, sneak out, sneak off from the party, put on their Batman and Robin costumes, and then they catch Firefly outside. He's got two henchmen with him. Um, and so, uh, Ted Carson, the guy whose house they're at, these golden nuggets are taken from his gold mines that, like, his family owns. And so, like, his whole house is, like gold mine themed it's like mining antiques yeah so they've got what do you call it a sluice oh, yeah wheel? A sluice wheel is yeah. what it is there's a sluice wheel out front uh conveniently placed next to the swimming pool yes so um batman does this crazy so the the villains firefly and his two henchmen are right next to the sluice wheel mm-hmm. um which if you've never if you don't know what that is it kind of looks like a water wheel that you'd see on like like a like a mill kind of yes. thing but it's for like you know panning for gold um so he sees them over by the sluice wheel. There's a pool with a diving board. And he does this crazy maneuver where he launches himself off the diving board, which must take incredible thigh strength. Flexing his mighty muscles, Batman yeah. leaps to the diving board. Can you imagine? Okay, you run to a diving, even an Olympic athlete, run to a diving board, jump on the end of it so hard that you launch yourself across the swimming pool. This is like... Well, not just across the swimming pool. Across the swimming pool and... On top of like the sluice wheel. 10, 10 feet, 12 feet in the air mm-hmm. because he gets on top of this wheel and then uses the momentum to like land on top of a guy. Mm-hmm. I It's it's insane physics. It's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a superhuman feat. And he doesn't have superpowers, please. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, uh, I do... I, we should take the... Um, the this time, this period here, for me to issue a correction. Oh. So last last episode, um, actually, during during the um, the false face episode, I made the incorrect claim that Batman is not a lawman. Oh, so <laughs> oh goodness. So the the comic described him as a lawman, and I said, "There's no way he's deputized." In the letters to the editor of this comic. There's someone who points out that in a previous Batman story, Batman arrested someone in Mexico, and they say that Batman isn't deputized in Mexico, so he can't make that arrest. Mm -hmm. And the editor writes back that Batman is a world-famous crime fighter, and so therefore is deputized in many nations... And that's what allows him to arrest criminals in Mexico. Including Mexico, he's deputized in. Yes. That's, okay. <laughs> How many adventures has he had in Mexico that he had to be deputized in Mexico as well? I, I don't know. He's uh, world famous. World famous. That's just, well, that's just too convenient, I think. <laughs> but uh, happy that Jack Schiff set you straight there from, uh, I don't know, 80 years in the past. Yes. Uh, cool. So, um... They try to get to Firefly, but he is actually able to get away from them by shooting this bright light 
out of something on his head that he operates It looks like through. a miner's lamp. That's what I'm thinking. He operates it through a button on his utility belt. So this firefly does not set fires. No, and That's, neither does do the Golden Age appearance of Firefly. Yeah, and we'll get to it. So this Firefly is not the pyromaniac that you may be thinking of from modern day Batman comics. Um, he just shoots a bright light, and I said, why not just call him the coal miner? He's going after gold anyway. Because he, he's wearing wings. Yeah, but like, I don't understand why. I mean, Firefly makes more sense for someone who uses light, because Fireflies make light. Yeah, but that's out their butt, not on their heads he should have a light on his back that he shoots you think that he he wants to have to turn around and and like basically moon them but yeah. with the lamp yeah and he'd that while he's flying away that'd be baller <laughs> that'd be really cool i'm gonna steal that i'm gonna do that when i become a, a super villain he can't fly by the way these wings are purely yeah. aesthetic purely aesthetic wings yeah non-functioning wings no. yeah he really he should just be the coal miner why not i guess all right Anyway, Firefly escapes, Ted Carson shows up along with Kathy Kane, and Ted mentions that those gold nuggets he stole were his father's from his very first gold strike, which is sad, because not only were they, you know, worth a lot, they're sentimental, sentimental value, value as well. Yeah. Uh, so the next day, Dick and Bruce run into Kathy on the street again, and they're like, hey, Kathy, what's up? And she's like, can't talk, boys. I've got a date. And she gets in the car with, wouldn't you know it, Ted Carson, gold extraordinaire. <laughs> I mean, with everything we know about all the like gold artifacts in Gotham City and how many like random gold statuettes there are all over the place, maybe Ted's just like, you know, the more appealing billionaire. Yeah. He's got he, stocks and gold. He's a supplier to all these people who make these gold, giant gold statues that keep getting stolen. Yeah. He's keeping the criminals active. <laughs> yeah. He's providing jobs. <laughs> exactly. Honestly, he's a job creator. <laughs> I love that for him. And what, is, what does Wayne Tech even do? Do we know? Uh, Are we ever given a finite answer on what does, they actually do? Is Wayne Tech actually what it's called in the 60s? I don't think they ever really talk Wayne about... Wayne Enterprises? I don't think Wayne Enterprises exists in these comics. What? It's just like he's a he's a wealthy guy who has an inheritance. He's a rich man. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Bruce complains about having like a, a, a romantic rival now. Yeah, it's kind of cute. I liked uh, he was emotionally in touch with his jealousy because... Dick kind of teasing him was like, what are you, jealous, Bruce? And he's like, honestly, a little. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love to see that vulnerability. Yeah. So uh, Firefly uh, his, has, hits his next crime. He's about to get into some real trouble with the glassmakers union. Because yeah. he goes to the glassmakers factory and like just holds up the line where they're handing out just... Straight up cash. Is this where we're going to talk about checks? Yes. Why don't they get checks? Why don't these men... Okay. So they're <laughs> Why don't at, they just get direct they're, deposit? They're at a glass factory and Firefly checks. goes there and he goes to the, the line where the people get paid and he's stealing bundles of cash mm -hmm. from this guy who's who's handing out cash to the employees. Why don't they pay their employees in checks? Uh, With, what job, even in the 1960s, what like union factory job were you at the end of the week walking up to a window and getting handed a wad of dollar bills? I don't know. Another day older and deeper in debt. Yeah, really. <laughs> What is this? I don't know. Maybe you just maybe they get is it is it like is it like a coal mine where you get scrap and you can you can use it at the company store? You mean script? Script? Yeah. <laughs> sure. No, no, no. Because it's money. Because if it was that, then Firefly wouldn't be able to spend it. Yeah. And if it was checks, Firefly wouldn't be able to spend. Write checks, people. <laughs> Write checks to your employees. Make sure that they're. They're getting taxed fairly. Yeah. And uh, oh, pay them you a think that's wage. what it is? You... Yeah. Everybody at this glass factory is getting paid under the table. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, that's <laughs> wild. I hate it. Okay, so the next panel, we see that Firefly is trying to escape through the glass factory. Mm -hmm. uh, next that woman to... is there too. Yeah, she and comes. that woman's there too. But this glass factory produces twelve foot tall bongs and. Yeah. And like 10 foot tall beakers. That does look like a bong. What is this? I love it. What? Who is ordering these oversized science supplies? Honestly, uh, Riddler. <laughs> these look exactly like his weird little contraptions. I can't believe this. These, these 
these like beakers that they have here could hold like hundreds of gallons of water. Yeah. There's no way that you're being going to be able to do exacting science with these things. Do you remember uh, a couple weeks back when we went to Salem and we saw that big sculpture that was like all the interconnected like beakers? Oh yeah. It was like that. Okay. Look, look it up. Go to the Peabody so you, Essex Museum website. See if you can find the sculpture that's all like tubes and beakers and stuff. It's it's exactly what's what this factory makes is obscure glass art. You think this is like an art installation? Yeah. That's why everybody's getting paid under the table. Because <laughs> there's what? no National Endowment of the Arts. Why? I just don't understand, like, why there's these huge, huge science instruments here. Because uh, it makes for a more appealing fight. Yeah, for a more appealing set piece. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Firefly brings out his next trick, which is this buzz from his belt, this vibration that shatters glass, except for conveniently one piece of shatterproof glass that lands on one of his henchmen. Well, you know how shatterproof glass is made, right? It's... It doesn't shatter? No, it's like it's adhered to a a plastic sheet or something. Okay. Or it's made in such a way that it it shatters in like smaller pieces. So that's why you can have a piece of shatterproof glass. Although I don't think that they would do... I don't know. Maybe maybe this factory does that as well. Because that's like a special process that you got to do. That's like a whole separate union, right? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Um, here was where I got confused and I asked why is Batman allowed to know Batwoman's identity but she can't know his because he here is where Batman starts stressing about uh, Kate Kane knowing his identity um, and yeah I guess I we answered that question earlier in our conversation well that, he doesn't just start stressing out of nowhere she says something like I gotta go see yeah. Batman mm-hmm. at his mansion yeah and Bruce goes what does He's she like, know it's me but I'm not there oh no Alfred <laughs> deny 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 uh yeah and I don't know it's weird I I don't understand how he can expect her to like be a part of this team without why is Robin allowed to know his secret identity? She's not really a part of the team. All right. She, in her first appearance and in her, like, other two appearances that I saw, he's never, like, calling her and being, like, we've got a situation. I guess. She, like... She just shows up. Yeah, she shows up. Even or in she, this, she's like, I heard it on my police scanner, too. I'm here also. Yeah, yeah. She, she will, you know like, what? see the bat symbol. It's because she's a woman, and they won't let her in the boys' club. She's got to make her own... She she walked so Barbara could run. There you go. That's the real tea. Uh, Justice for Batwoman. Okay. So, yeah, they're worried that, that Kathy Kane's figured out who Batman is. Mm-hmm. So Batman goes to see her? Yeah, his big plan is like, wait, okay, she said she's going to come to my mansion. I know. I'll go to her apartment first. Mm-hmm. So he goes to visit Kathy, Kathy dressed as Bruce Wayne, um, but the Nugget Man is there. <laughs> he brings Ted her Carson. flowers. Yes. Uh, Ted Carson is also there, and Batman walks in with flowers, which is just really awkward. Um, but Ted kind of... What? I said super awkward. Super awkward, yeah. Ted kind of catches the weird vibe, and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a head out. And Kathy's like, wait, I thought we were having dinner. And he's like, no, I got you nugget business to attend to. <laughs> so he leaves. And then Kathy he immediately... Says, well, he also says, let Bruce take you to dinner. Yeah. That's kind of shady. Exactly, yeah. He's not interested in her at all. Yeah. And then, no, it's shady because it's like... Okay, imagine if, like, I brought a friend, like, a, a male friend over, and you were like, I'm leaving. And I'm like, what? I thought we were going to have dinner. And you were just like, have dinner with your male friend instead. Like, that's just, you're being salty, because I have a male friend that I've brought. And knowing me, he's definitely gay. So, <laughs> no reason for you to be jealous. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's just... Uh, Kathy immediately gets this weird thing where she's like, oh, I have a headache. Uh, Bruce, suddenly I've developed a headache. Would you please leave? Which is uh, 1960s social cues. Woman has a headache. That means like the man has to pick up on it and be yeah. like, oh, she doesn't want to be around me. Because Batman immediately says he's like, a sudden headache? <gasps> is she bored with me? Yeah. I was like, a sudden, suddenly Kathy has a headache. Am I right, ladies? Yeah, really. <laughs> Bruce Wayne is a headache. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, so Bruce 
leaves. Uh, Kathy gives him his coat. Uh, there was this little beat right at the beginning where Bruce has a raincoat. Uh, Kathy takes his coat and puts it in the closet. You can kind of see for a second that his coat and Ted's coat are like the same color. So uh, Kathy gives Bruce his coat and she finds a note on the ground and says, I have to go see Batman right now. Mm -hmm. So she runs off. And where does she go? Not Wayne Manor. No. No. Carson Manor, where Ted is. Yes. And because she thinks Ted is Batman. But is he? No. He is Firefly. Dun, dun, dun. Big twist. I was shook. I did not look up anything about this character before we started. And so I was like, oh my god, he's Firefly? What? It was crazy. It was. It is. Well, and the reveal is pretty cool, too, because she shows up and she, she goes, I can't explain, but I know you're Batman. Uh, I know where we can trap the Firefly. And he goes, oh, all right. Uh, wait here while I go change into my costume. Yeah. And then he shows up in the Firefly and costume. he's like, how are you going to catch me? <laughs> Here's the weird thing. He stole his own nugs. Yeah, yeah, he stole his own golden nuggets. I won't, and then, okay, this is before I finished the comic. I was like, why is he doing crime? I don't understand. Is it for love of the game? But we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> they do explain it. There is a reveal as to why he stole his own golden nuggets. I was so confused. Uh, so Batwoman gets tied up in uh, Ted's basement. <laughs> <laughs> and he just leaves her there. <laughs> she's a woman and she can't do anything. Um, I have a bang, 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 detective alert. Okay. Batman does an actual detective work in this comic. I have that written down here. Yeah. You know, you say that, but every single comic we've read, he's done at least a little smidge of detective work. The tiniest little bit. Probably about as much detective work as real detectives do these days. Yeah. Boom, shots fired. Um, So he gets dust from a henchman's jacket, the henchman who was trapped under the shatterproof glass. Yes. uh, Gets dust from his jacket, which he is able to cross-reference... And realizes that it comes from the floors of the Gotham Natural History Museum, which must be where he was casing, which means that Firefly is going to attack there next. This is a, a similar thing to what he did with that Clayface uh, yeah. thing. It, it's a, lot, a lot of his detective work seems to be analyzing dirt and dust and solving word, word puns. Yeah. Well, wordplay. That seems to be the analyzing dirt and dust is like all you do in those Telltale games, isn't it? Oh you, yeah. Like, walk around and like look at clues, and then you're like, oh, here we go. You pick up like blood samples or whatever, but they can't show blood because this is the Silver Age. Yeah, and in in Arkham, it's just like, oh, let me analyze this DNA. I from I this person's alcohol breath, and now I can follow it. Yeah. And then yeah. I mean, there's not very much you can do within the detective sphere before you start running out of ideas. Listen, I've played every Nancy Drew game ever made. There's a lot you can do with a detective video game, Nancy Drew, okay, Nancy Drew solves, like, slide puzzles in those games, though. Those aren't real detective work. Yes, she does. She does real detective work. She finds clues, she interviews witnesses, and sometimes she sees ghosts. And those games rock. (laughs) So don't you dare tell me she doesn't do real detective work. Okay. I'm yeah, sorry. there's there's some mini games. I'm sorry I've insulted Nancy Drew. There's some puzzles, but she does solve mysteries. She makes connections. I love her. This is a Nancy Drew podcast now. Anyway. No. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Nancy Drew Mates. Start your own Nancy Drew podcast by yourself. I will. You you'll see. You'll all see. <laughs> <laughs> Someday you'll rue the day that you told me I couldn't do it. Uh, anyway, so the dynamic duo shows up at the Natural History Museum. Uh, they get ambushed in the Mexican exhibit uh, because there are these like Mexican silver artifacts that uh, Firefly is trying to steal. And here I was even more confused because I was like, Ted, you have a gold mine. Why are you stealing silver artifacts? That's a step backwards for you. Gold is better than silver. Yeah. Um, however, he threatens to shoot a deadly beam at Batman and Robin. Which I guess is like a laser beam. That's what I was thinking. I was like, is it lasers? Is it like, I can't even think what else it would be. Wouldn't it just that says kill, a deadly beam. Wouldn't that like melt his head if he if shot a laser beam off of his head? Coming from him? Yeah. Uh, maybe his, his the like front of his helmet is doing the... Uh, what's the word? Like the concentration of the beam okay. to make it deadly. 
I don't know. Or or whatever is projecting it has a lot of insulation around it, so it doesn't hurt him. Can lasers actually kill you, or can they just give you cancer? Uh, no, they can hurt you if they're strong enough, but it takes a lot of energy to make one that's strong enough. Okay. Like, they're, they have lasers that you can buy that can, like, spontaneously set pieces of paper on fire. Yeah. Has anyone ever died from a laser? Uh, All I know is, like, the lady who really discovered, like, the makeup of DNA, she... I like the, well, I don't like, I, I know she was kind of like killed by a laser because she worked so closely with like, like laser microscopes that she developed like ovarian cancer and died. Uh, yeah, I mean, it just depends on how big it is. I Probably somebody's died from laser, but not like in the James Bond film kind of way. Yeah, not where it's like slowly moving up so, yeah. like it, between your legs and it's going to split you in half. Yeah. While there's a shark swimming underneath no, you. No, I, I mean, any... I, like, you could stand underneath of a dome that concentrates sunlight, and that could kill you. Mm-hmm. You would die of, like, heat exhaustion, mm-hmm. or... No, I guess it would just be heat exhaustion. Weird. Yeah. Okay, well, new li- new goal. Get killed by a laser. <laughs> new life goal. <laughs> or a stroke, maybe? Yeah. Uh, so Batwoman arrives just in time to deflect the laser beam, and she's like, don't she, worry. She throws a giant golden shield in the way of it. Yeah, don't worry, she escaped using the power of makeup. Yeah, her she, utility purse. Her utility purse had a compact. I didn't go over that when I was talking about her. Is, Tell us about the purse now. So instead of a utility belt like Batman has, she has a utility purse where she keeps all of her gadgets in. Uh, and the, the difference is that her gadgets, unlike Batman's where they're just a straightforward gadget... All of Batwoman's gadgets are like lady accessory theme. Mm-hmm. So she has a hairnet that is actually like a strong tensile rope net. And she has lipstick that can turn into, I think, like a laser or something. Uh, yeah, so that's 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 what she's got. Have you ever watched the show Totally Spies? Yes, it's I have. Very similar to Totally Spies, where all of their like Bond gear accessories are like makeup and compacts and stuff. Yeah, very yeah. cool. I love it. <laughs> uh, they should make a remake of Totally Spies and have it be Batwoman. Make it less weird and fetishy. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember any of that. <laughs> I watched it as like a teenager, so I don't remember there being any. I don't really want to get into it. <laughs> Please don't ruin Totally Spies for me. I really like that show. There's. It was a French animation. A lot of those French animation, like anime knockoff shows, had like episodes and also recurring themes that were like, is this somebody exploring a fetish? Does the is the the one laser scene fetishy? Oh, I don't remember. Do you know that one? No, I, I just know that there's like an episode where they turn into cat girls, oh. and there's uh like episodes where one there one of them becomes like super muscly. There's an episode. Okay, so the laser. There's an episode where they're like trapped in a room, and the one girl puts two compact mirrors facing each other and she shoots a laser into one and it like creates just like a solid laser between the two and then she picks both of them up and then faces them forward and has two laser beams shooting out at a door and like cuts a hole in the door and i'm pretty sure that's how lasers work that's not physically possible. i'm pretty sure that's how lasers work there's also a lot of bondage in that show okay you're ruining totally spies for me and i don't like it <laughs> anyway so we're almost at the end of the comic uh, so Batman takes out Firefly with like one stiff kick to the face. He's done. Firefly is standing on top of a like ziggurat or something. So I can only imagine that after this kick, he like tumbles down this ziggurat. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they give the exposition that oh. the reason he was doing these crimes is because his gold mine ran dry and, uh, he used up all his money uh, gambling. So the real villain was gambling addiction. <laughs> I did. I, I want to go back to where Batwoman comes in and she says that she, you know, managed to get on my compact out of my utility purse and broke the glass and sawed through. Uh, I was like, it's a good thing that she does this exposition dump or else the artist would have had to draw another couple of panels. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she's thinking about you, Sheldon. Yeah. Do we want to talk about how the comic ends? Yeah, so um, there, she mentions there was a coat switch. That's how she thought that it was Ted. Um, and she thought that Bruce Wayne was Firefly because in the jacket that she thought was Bruce Wayne's, it like said, like, I'm going to strike at the Natural History Museum. Yeah, Love it Firefly. Had, it had Firefly's plans. Yeah. Um, 
And yeah, so Kathy's like, I thought Ted Carson was Batman, but I guess he's not. Um, and then at the end, they're dancing at a party and they're canoodling a little bit. And she's like, ooh, I mean, Bruce has the same build as Batman and all of this money. He could be Batman. And she's like, nah. No, I won't fall for that again. I won't fall for that again. That silly woman. Yeah, it is very silly. There's so, some other stuff in this in this book that I wanted to talk about. Um, just like the other stories, because I know in the false face one, we went over the other stories that are in this book. Or in, in that book. Uh, in this one, they have The Mystery of the 49th Star, which is a comic which is entirely about Batman going to Alaska and these criminals make away with 49 diamonds because they were kept in a case that had stars representing the United States. Okay. Um, and the whole comic is just sort of like, a romp through Alaska that's like semi-educational. So it goes over. Moose? It goes over. No, there's no moose. Ooh. But it does go over like Kodiak bears live in Alaska. No snakes live in Alaska. That's good. Alaska has a lot of volcanic activity. Uh, there's, there's like they go over like these facts about Alaska that tie into the adventure. Mm. Um, so that was kind of interesting because this was this comic was published in uh, what is it nineteen. 19- 49 59 59 yeah which was the same year that alaska became a state a couple months after so so they keep they keep referring to alaska as the newest and largest state it's big it is big it's a big state and then there was another the 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 second comic in this uh i kind of read half read skim through the biggest thing that i got out of the second comic is that gotham bay has a batman statue that looks like the statue of liberty Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's just like there they built a giant statue to batman and i want to know who funded that was it the taxpayers i bet it was bruce you think? But like an anonymous donation. <laughs> it was like, I have a great idea. Let's make a statue of Batman. <laughs> that like doubles as a lighthouse. <laughs> cool. It's weird. I love it. For all those ships coming into Gotham Harbor. Yeah. Yep. Great. <laughs> all right. Uh, so I just want to really quickly talk a little bit about Firefly. Okay. Um, so this you got, is the Rogue Roundup? Yeah. So you got Ted Carson. Um, literally all there is to know about Ted Carson, you already know. He's only in this comic. He never shows up ever again and is never mentioned. Nope. So that's Ted Carson. Um, before I explain the other ones, I want to just quickly give a brief, brief overview of the, uh, DC multiverse Earths. And just, just bear with me. Hold so, on because your heads are going to explode. I'm not even going to go that deep into it because I couldn't even research it without my head exploding. <laughs> so obviously, you know, comics are going on and on and on for decades and decades and decades. And every comic publisher does things a little bit differently. The way that Marvel does it is they're basically, you know, loose with their timelines. They're like, everything is happening roughly right now. And everything that happened in the past happened roughly five to 10 years ago unless it was something specific like you know Steve Rogers fought the Nazis and mm-hmm. then was frozen so uh you know Peter Parker when did Peter Parker become Spider-Man a couple of years ago when was the Civil War a couple of years after that uh you know everything's happening roughly like right around now it's it's um, like a rubber banding timeline yeah DC does things differently their heroes, they don't age in real time, but every so often they do a big reset just so they can like put everybody back at the at like their most prime. Yeah. And it's a way that they can like undo things if they've written themselves into a corner. Yeah. So the the way that they get around some of that too, because like they'll do like Christmas issues and Halloween issues and all that sort of stuff, but a lot of times they'll sort of be like, well, it's not christmas day it's like you know the week leading up to christmas or something so that that way they can justify Mm -hmm. fitting everything in like the same timeline and it's instead of like you can't actually count the years because the stories all happen like scattered yeah that's kind of i don't know i kind of wish bob's burgers would do something like that because every single (laughs) they do a christmas and a halloween and a thanksgiving episode every year and i'm like but it's still the same year yeah like you guys have so many adventures around the holidays the kids are the same age and they're like 
I think they only what they only age up like once or twice. They've never they have never aged up. Really, really. Yeah, the only ca- cartoon characters that I can think of that have aged up South is Park. South Park. They went from yeah. third grade to fourth grade, <laughs> and that's it. In in like twenty twenty two years, <laughs> um, and that was early on too. That was like I don't know season four or five. They went into fourth grade. Yeah. Anyway, I. Big digression. So, um, yeah. So they reset things every couple of years in in the DC universe. It's every like 10 years-ish, I think, Mm -hmm. if I'm remembering correctly. Roughly. And the way they do those is with these like big comic events. Usually you've probably heard things like Crisis on Infinite Earth, um, you know, uh, Final Crisis, Countdown to Infinite Crisis. All these are like big event storylines that tie into this like resetting of of the world uh so garfield Linz was the very first firefly who appeared in the golden age and when we said earlier this is firefly's second appearance technically that's correct because garfield Linz had one appearance in the golden age and then ted carson had one appearance here in the silver age and then garfield Linz showed up again after post-crisis in what was called new earth and you don't was really... this the Bronze Age? Do you know what year? It was 1986. It was okay. right after Crisis. Okay, so this is Bronze Age then. Yes. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the whole thing with the multiverse, all you really need to know is that occasionally they'll reset things and then the continuity has been roughly reset, but sometimes they'll keep certain aspects of characters' storylines if people liked them. Which is important because, uh, like, the first Firefly, like we said, wasn't a pyromaniac. He used light, light-based light yeah. gags. Yeah, well, let me get into that. Things. Okay. So Garfield Lyons in the Golden Age was a special effects artist. Uh, during his very first robbery attempt, he flees into a swamp and narrowly escapes the dynamic duo when they get distracted by a Firefly. <laughs> so he figures that's as good a backstory as any other and dedicates his life to being the criminal mastermind known as the Firefly. And he, you know, gets off a couple other capers before he's finally caught and sent to prison. Mm-hmm. Um, he also used his beams that come from his belt but having a background as a special effects artist in like the 40s uh he uses light and strobe effects yeah they're like they're like rainbow colored beams i think if you look at the cover of the multicolored beams yeah very cool very very artsy uh so and then nothing happens for decades and then ted carson has this and then nothing happens for decades and then suddenly 1986 post crisis on what is known as the new earth um, the character of Garfield Lines shows up again. And this time he is a pyrotechnic uh, who, you know, he's a pyrotechnic exp- expert who turns into a pyromaniac. He has this fascination with fire. Um, he sees visions in flames when he sets fires. You know, post-crisis, this whole 1986, we've talked about this in the past, was much darker character backgrounds. People mm-hmm. were having all these, like, you know, deep feelings in the Reagan era. (laughs) Um, So he isn't just like somebody who's like, I'm going to commit crimes. He's somebody who is like, worships fire and becomes very like dark and twisted in, in this new Gotham. He becomes the protege of Killer Moth, but Killer Moth actually, you know, drops him as a partner when he realizes that Firefly is actually insane and isn't just like in it for the money. He's in it to cause lots of destruction and death, which is not Killer Moth's brand, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then, so post-crisis goes from roughly 1986 to, I want to say 2011, which is when we get New 52. And then for New 52, I believe they just kind of kept him as that sort of like pyrotechnic kind of character. He hasn't really changed much since the, uh, post-crisis era. He's still pyrotechnic. He flies. He uses jetpacks. He uses special effects. Um, flamethrowers. Flamethrowers. And he's a pretty cool character. And, uh, I wish there was an actual comic in the silver age that had him in it but unfortunately we get ted uh the so 1986 you said that's iron age dark age that's not bronze age okay um i just wanted to point that out okay sure Because I had said Bronze Age before. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else to go over Firefly, like, in, in any of his continuities? No, not really. I didn't, okay. I don't have anything. Okay. He's cool. Yeah. I like when he shows up in um, Rebirth. He was part of that whole, like, war of jokes and riddles. Um, there's, like, a whole big battle between him and... I want to say Deadshot. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. That sounds it's, right. It's like the whole thing that, like, I don't know, there's, like, a ton of casualties when they're, like, head-to-head. It's, like, a big, it's a big deal. They're probably, honestly, two of the deadliest villains in... Uh, Gotham? In Gotham, yeah. Just with, like, amount of, like, destruction that they can cause. You know, Deadshot just being somebody who, like, doesn't miss and... Uh, Firefly being somebody who will just cause a lot of destruction. I mean, Joker's probably killed more people. Yeah, probably. But, whatever. Um, Deadshot only goes after his targets. He's an assassin. Firefly's in Arkham Origins, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's one of the rogues that uh, comes after Batman for the prize money. Hmm. Uh, Because in Arkham Origins, Black Mask has put out a bounty on Batman's head. Mm-hmm. And there's like a, a bunch of villains come out of the woodwork to come after him. Yeah. And I think Firefly, his whole thing is like he sets fires in order to draw Batman to a place and mm-hmm. then he'll fight Batman. That's cool. Yeah. I like him. Well, we got Ted. <laughs> oh, wait, Ted that's it. You know what? Okay. That's an Arkham Knight. He does that in Arkham Knight. Oh, okay. Because I remember driving the, you like drive the Batmobile to the places where he sets on fire. Okay. In Arkham Origins, he You fight him on the bridge. Yeah, you fight him as like part of the main plot. Yeah. That was cool. I like that fight. Yeah, it is a pretty neat fight. If you haven't played Arkham Origins, uh, you should. It's pretty good. It is pretty good. It's, I think it's the, the slept on one of that whole series. Mm-hmm. So we know that Ted's useless. So I didn't waste my time doing a who would win between Ted Carson Firefly because the answer is anyone. Anyone because he just uses a bright light to he stun people. He uses a bright light and... Anyone with a pair of sunglasses. Batman took him out with one kick to the face and that's it. So instead, I decided to do a who would win with Batwoman. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. So... This is Kate Kane? This is Kathy. Kathy Kane. Yeah. Okay. So, well, Gold, okay. Golden Age, Silver Age. Or no, I guess it's only Silver Age. So Silver Age... Silver Age, Kathy Kane. Batwoman. Who would win? Um, Batwoman versus Catwoman. Ooh. So Batwoman, uh, like I said, she's a, she's like an acrobat and she knows how to do like motorcycle stunts and Mm. stuff. Mm -hmm. So if they were very mobile, I would think it would be Batwoman. Mm -hmm. If it was a straight up fight, I would think Catwoman only because... Catwoman isn't afraid to fight dirty. Yeah. Catwoman's also very acrobatic. She can do, like, backflips and stuff. Yeah. She's, yeah, yeah. She She's more, like, stealthy, and she, I feel like she has a dirtier fighting style than Silver Age Batwoman she's does. She's got those claws. Yeah. She'll scratch you in the face. Yeah, and, and Catwoman also has her own gadgets. That's the other thing that Batwoman does have going for her, is that she has her purse full filled with gadgets Mm -hmm. so if she could find the right gadget maybe she could apprehend catwoman Mm -hmm. but catwoman's pretty crafty so i feel like she'd be able to get away i never really understood how like being a circus performer or being an acrobat or like in barbara's case being like a gymnast really translates into like good good fighting skills (laughs) like i understand for batman because like he trained to be a fighter i understand for damien he was raised by the league of assassins Mm -hmm. but everybody else i'm kind of like that doesn't really naturally give you, like, good fighting abilities. It means that you're, like, swifter on your feet. You can You can so. land if you get knocked, if your balance knocked off. Yeah. I feel like Ronda Rousey could easily beat up any of the people who I listed. <laughs> Honestly. She's a judo champion. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so then slightly more even footing then. Okay. Um, Batwoman versus Batgirl. Batgirl. Ooh. Why are they fighting? Oh, um, uh, Mad Hatter has mind controlled the both of them. Uh, and he's making them fight for his own amusement? Yeah. Great. And he's, he's kidnapped uh, some random secretary named Alice and making them watch. <laughs> it is like, look, Alice, they're fighting for your pleasure. Uh, okay. So Batgirl versus Batwoman. Oh, they are really evenly matched. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my initial thought is Batwoman because she's older and like more mature but then barbara is also in her like physical prime if she's in college yeah right she's in her 20s yeah her late teens early 20s yeah also her dad's a cop i feel like he must have taught her a couple self-defense things over her lifetime yeah i i yeah i guess batgirl has more knowledge than than katherine kane 
just because she was only a circus performer who inherited a lot of money. Yeah. And Barbara is, uh, like, next to police and, and like, works adjacent to them Mm -hmm. because of her dad. Yeah. And as we see later when she takes on the Oracle mantle is, like, a super genius when it comes to, like, hacking and computers and things like that. Yeah. Well, that's the problem, is that uh, computers weren't very widely used in the Silver Age, so we, oh, we don't know that, she, that like, how how much that uh, she knows, Batwoman knows about that kind of stuff. She's a whiz with punch cards. Yeah. <laughs> she knows what they are. Uh, all right, one last one. Okay. Um, Kathy Kane versus... Katie Kane. Katie Kane. Okay. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about Katie Bat-wim- Kane. Batwoman v. Batwoman. So modern Batwoman versus old Batwoman. Uh, modern Batwoman. It's got to go to modern Batwoman. Yeah, she's pretty badass. She is really badass. She's yeah. so cool. <laughs> Jewish redhead. Love that. She's less reserved and stuff too. Like this Batwoman is... I mean, she, she holds all of those sort of 1960s tropes of this woman who just like listens to Batman and is intoxicated by his, him being there. Whereas modern Batwoman kind of wants to be her own thing, like separate from Batman. She doesn't want to be defined by him. Yeah. She, she wants to be a lone operative even when Batman is like, Hey, I don't appreciate you taking my gimmick. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know what? You should have uh, copyrighted it if you didn't want that to happen. Under what name? Um, Matches Malone. (laughs) So moral of the story, uh, copyright your villain. I'm doing it right here, right now. Uh, coal miner, that'll be me. When you see me hit the front pages after I have stolen all of the king's gold. Yeah. Uh, that'll that'll be that. So TM, copyright. TM, TM, TM. Copyright me, 2020. I've declared it. File on the paperwork right now. Uh, that's one moral. The other moral is... Don't uh, gamble your, uh, your life savings away. Don't yeah. gamble away your family's fortune. Don't gamble away your family's fortune. And pay your workers in checks. Yeah. Pay your workers in checks. You can't steal a check. That's straight up the only moral. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, this has been Batmates. Um, thank you so much for listening. Our sponsor is my dad. Thank you so much for sponsoring this podcast, dad. Uh, if you want to send us feedback, recommendations, anything, hate mail, you can send that to batmatespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you so much to Ben Dean for composing our theme song. Uh, you can find him at tinyurl.com slash Ben Dean. That's B-E-N-D-E-A-N-E. And thanks so much to Savannah Storm for our logo. You can find her at art.by.savvys on Instagram. So have a good rest of your week, folks. And, well, we love you. <laughs> do we? We do. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>